Today's episode of Birds with Friends is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing Shield in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill. It's time to get ill with some birds with friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo Wolf and are coming at you. With stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf here in my bungalow. Zach Berman and Shilkapadia, and there's. Uh, Sheil, it's Tuesday night. How are you? You know what I don't understand is is people saying that like uh, with everything that's going on that they're bored. Ugh. Uh, when, like, I don't when, get this at all. I mean, when? I mean, this li- is pe- these people are living a completely different life. <laughs> First of all, no one should be bored unless if you're over the age of seven. Really, seven year olds, <laughs> seven year olds, seven, seven year olds shouldn't really be bored uh, now. Uh, but if you're like a if you're a grown up and like your issue now is you're bored, I don't understand. There's there's like, could you right now if I like let's say none of this was happening and it was just like. Bo, you're going to be by yourself in your house for three weeks. I think you could find ways to occupy yourself. You that, might enjoy yeah, some of that. Would, that time would go by very quickly. Yeah, I'd <laughs> yeah. have a great time. So, the, uh, there's that. There's that. Um, that I think that tweet that went around uh, of like Mel Gibson and uh, Jim Caviezel on the set of uh, you know the the Jesus movie that he made, and it's like you know telling my friends uh, with kids under six how you know how I'm passing the time in quarantine. Like it it is absolutely true. Like I there there's no like. There's no freedom. There's no uh, you know room to breathe in uh, in our lives these days. I would say. I yeah, I mean, that. Uh, you know, we're, we're acknowledging that people have much bigger problems, but the oh, boredom, yeah, I mean, the boredom thing, I uh, yeah, I don't understand. So that's how I'm doing. Uh, oh, that's fair. <laughs> uh, and I think we, uh, I think we're gonna we we need to start all our shows with the the preemptive shout out to uh, all of our listeners or uh, families of listeners or friends of listeners who are. Uh, doing things much more important uh, than we are doing. Healthcare workers, delivery workers, grocery workers, everybody who's uh, doing things to keep our lives afloat, keep us safe. And uh, and in that vein, we actually have a uh, a donation to our No Kid Hungry fundraiser, which uh, we which we've topped, but you can still donate to uh, from a young man named Greg Lopez, who says um, he wants to give a shout out to his friend Parth. And he says, on top of being a day one subscriber to the Athletic Philadelphia and one of the nation's premier sports Indians, he's also a young resident physician working tirelessly to treat patients in a COVID ICU right now. So, oh, my uh, man, shout Parth. out to Parth. Yeah. Yeah. Change that H to a Y, and all of a sudden you got a party. 
Uh, Parth is the name of my uh, cousin's son, so nephew in Mumbai. Mm. Yeah, my brother Parth. had a good friend in high school named Parth. Oh, you know, I was going to ask you, Zach. Am I your closest Indian friend, or do you got you got someone else in like the uh, shadows that you know can compete? Yeah, you're my closest Indian friend, but but okay. but that's not because of like the the dearth of Indian <laughs> people that I know. It's it's because I I like you and and uh, oh. we talk frequently. Um, okay, but, so there's uh, some competition. Okay. I'm just—I've been meaning to ask you that for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're my uh, Sheila. You're my closest friend. Period. So I don't know, that says more about that says more about us than anything else. I know that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, uh, Zach. Am I your closest white friend? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, outside of my wife and brother, family excluded. Sure. Family yes, excluded. Yeah. Uh, you're you're certainly up there. You're certainly up there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take that for sure. Uh, all right. I mean, there's um, there's probably like like. Probably I would hope I'm not number category. one. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> but um, yeah. What's everybody drinking tonight? Water. Water. Hmm. You? Sounds like I you threw, got something going yeah, on. Yeah, threw together a little a little uh, empty out the cupboard cocktail. Okay. Since uh, cocktail, not just like a glass of wine, but. <laughs> Full-blown no, cocktail. this is like uh, this is like uh, it, it's like a like a last chance kitchen. You've got like two minutes to make something, and there's nothing in the cupboard. So it's like vodka, creme de cacao, lemon juice, and uh, and some seltzer. So all right, so uh, Kent, uh, get ready to do some editing on this bad boy. We'll, we'll try to note the times where we need to uh, cut both part out. All right, let's get. We got, I feel like I have some good opinions on this show. Let's get to okay. some stuff. We're, we are going to get to our our full uh, wide receiver takes on the top ten receivers. We have our uh, our disparate rankings coming out on the Athletic tomorrow, um, but we'll get into that. But but first, before we do that, uh, we got to talk to ZB about the big scoop. Talks to Jeffrey Lurie about Jeffrey Lurie's million dollar donation. Well, not a scoop, I, but but it's a, it's a story that I was. I was uh, excited to report and 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 to write. Um, the donation came out last uh, week or, or last Friday to create a fund um, at at Penn Medicine uh, for COVID immunity for COVID nineteen. Uh, and uh, it, it was I was real curious from Jeffrey about uh, the why um, and and kind of the the timeline for it. And I, I found him frankly to be very thoughtful. About the whole process, he he had been uh, really researching this and and studying it for for lack of a better term for almost two months now. And he uh, uh, he said that that he had seen this coming, um, and 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 that when it was in China and the size of Wuhan, um, he was alarmed by it, and he thought that if it reached the United States. Uh, there would really need to be rapid testing and uh, data about antibodies, and he was really troubled when neither uh, were in place. And and so after speaking to doctors of a lot of different fields, uh, he 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 really wanted to narrow down how he could contribute. And and what the contribution does is short term, it it, it gets tests um, for frontline workers to see their to see if they're immune to this, if, if they're able to treat. And then uh, long-term, he's hoping that um, 
with the study of, 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 of antibodies and potentially vaccine development that there could be a long-term solution here. So, yeah, I, I was curious about the process, and, and you've seen so many worthwhile contributions a, a, across the board, whether it's PPE, whether it's food insecurity. Um, there's, there's so many different avenues one could allocate resources. Uh, so I, I was curious why he chose the avenue he did, and I, I found it to be um, a pretty uh, – a thoughtful exercise for him and, and uh, certainly a, a, a worthwhile contribution. So that story is up now on The Athletic. Very good. Everybody should, everybody should check that out. I thought it was good. I liked what he, uh, I liked what he said to you, and I liked what he said to uh, my guy Peter King. You know, now's <laughs> the time to trust science. Yep. Not so veiled of a shot, I would say. He also said uh, not so veiled a shot either, but um, <laughs> that's up for interpretation, I guess, by the reader. This is just not a time for territor- for territorialism, for xenophobia, for nationalism. This is a time for humans to cooperate and bring out the best in them mm. and save as many of our fellow humans as, as we can. And, and that was a point that he repeated um, a few different times. Uh, so that was one that he clearly wanted out there. Is it a time for pitching a, uh, a miracle drug that you have a financial investment in? <laughs> I'm staying out of those conversations. Uh, but he, he didn't say anything about that. Okay, just no, to no, no. He, 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 he did not. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk wide receivers. Let's get our minds uh, off of this for now. Uh, before we get to the the draftable wide receivers, uh, Sheila, you had a proposed trade in your proposed trade column this week. Curtis Samuel, with zero sixty catch seasons to his credit. Acquired by the Eagles in exchange for a third-round pick in Sidney Jones. State your case. Well, I didn't say this was a deal that I would do. I was coming up with seven league-wide, mm. league-wide trades that could make sense. And you so, love Curtis Samuel. Let's let's hear it. I honestly have not watched a single snap of him on film. All I've seen of him is when he does something in a Panthers game that I watch. So if they were to actually do this trade or if this was you know, something that was serious, then I would have to dig in a little bit more. But I mean, my thought was that what I did first was I went around, I read all our great uh, coverage on The Athletic from our, uh, our very talented beat writers, and I looked at who might be, av- be available, where there's some weird... Theathletic.com slash birds with friends for 40% off. That's right. And a 90 day free trial. Uh, I looked at, you know, which teams have a surplus at some positions. How did their uh, signings in free agency affect their rosters? Those different types of things. And a point that I've made probably a million times on this podcast and will continue to make is that there are so many teams in need of wide receiver help around the league. Uh, and so uh, certainly I had my eye out for wide receivers. We discussed Brandon Cooks on a previous podcast, but I saw uh, Joe Person from The Athletic in Carolina Great address. Name. Address, yeah, absolutely. Address some Curtis Samuel rumors. And, you know, he, his reporting was that they're not shopping Curtis Samuel. And he didn't make it sound like it was a given that Curtis Samuel's going to get traded. But he said, you know, if they get an offer that they really like, you know, maybe they would consider it because they did sign Robbie Anderson. So, uh, you know, I was looking at what the Eagles have done so far. I think we're all on board that they should do something else other than just draft a wide receiver and He's a guy who's not going to cost a lot. I think he's on a rookie contract making under $2 million. He's 23 or 24 years old. He has 4.31 40 times speed. He's lined up outside and in the slot. Those are the good things. The bad things are he's been pretty much a disappointment and has not been that uh, that productive. 
Well, the point here is not, you know, I wasn't saying, Bo, that they were going to go out and get the best receiver <laughs> in the NFL. The thought was if you want to find someone who can, you can kind of set the floor to be a competent starter and you think you can get more out of him with your quarterback and your coaching staff than the Panthers did – then, you know, maybe he's someone you would, uh, you would take a flyer on. And I know you were crushing me for the uh, third-round pick. Uh, if you look at the wide receivers, you know, the Eagles, as you know, gave up a third-round pick for Golden Tate mm-hmm. the, uh, for eight games of Golden Tate. The 49ers gave up a third-round pick for 10 games of Emmanuel Sanders. And so, you know, if you're the Panthers, you're not motivated, certainly. A fifth, sixth, seventh-round pick, why would you even consider that? Uh, you're not giving up a first or a second round pick. So I settled in in that third or fourth round. I think it's their comp pick end of the third round, uh, 106 or whatever it is. So that was my, uh, that was my uh, take there on him being a potential option. I thought it was a, a very reasonable proposal. It was, it was one that I would, I would do if, 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 if I were the Eagles and, and that really available. Number one. Number two, uh, Curtis Samuel. Even though they're trading away your boy, Sidney Jones? <laughs> Well, I, um, I, I like Curtis Samuel. Um, number two, uh, the Eagles had a lot of interest in him back in 2017. Oh, uh, they had see, a private I didn't even work- know that. Yeah, they had a private workout with him um, in April of that year. Uh, and uh, number three, I, I saw what uh, you said from Joe Person, and I always interpret that, that, that language because, because you see that quite a bit in all four sports. I interpret that as a player being shopped when it's like we're not shopping him, but we're willing to move him for if the price is right. I always interpret that as like, let's let's let it be known. This guy can be traded. I definitely do. When it comes out of nowhere, I think I wrote that in the Brandon Cooks uh, section because the Rams have told every reporter in America that Brandon Cooks can be had. But then they're like, well, we're not shopping him. No, yeah. he, he, can, he can be had, I think, very easily. The only reason I thought the Samuel thing might be different is because I think there was like a blog or something that mentioned it. And so that's why person, you know, sort of looked into gotcha. it like that. That wasn't one that just came out of nowhere where he was um, just addressing it. I think it was a direct sort of rumor report. But uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, you know, there's no reason why he they would not listen to an offer for Curtis Samuel. He's in the last year of his rookie deal. They signed Robbie Anderson. They have DJ Moore. Uh, if you feel like you're not going to sign Samuel beyond this year, like they're not competing for a Super Bowl in 2020. So it would make sense for them certainly to see if they could get something for him. So, I mean, Curtis Samuel is like compared to what the Eagles have, certainly an upgrade. He is young. I like that. He turns 24 in August. He uh, has speed, which the Eagles desperately need. But that speed hasn't really manifested itself on the field. His like career yards per catch is, is 11.4, and uh, he has not been good. There's only one year left on his deal. Like, sure, that's a that's a a, uh, a player to take a swing on if you're the Eagles. But a third round pick is like, I understand what they gave up for Golden Tate and what Emmanuel Sanders got, but those guys had pr- like proven that they could succeed in the NFL. Curtis Samuel hasn't done that yet. They were also for half a, a season at. At a salary of like four or five times what he's making, so a lot of factors there. It, what are the odds? I think, you think he's a that, he's a better ahead. player, in my opinion, than KJ Hamler. Who uh, oh. and and oh, so we'll get into this, so baby. <laughs> so like I, I mean, if you're saying you can have that type of speed, um, you know that age profile, that skill set, uh, 
For and I know that there pick. is the there is the thing like I think he had like uh, the the least accurate throws downfield to him of any receiver this year because Kyle Allen is a uh, you know garbanzo bean so I'll give you that and also it. by the way the year before Cam Newton could not he completed one pass I think twenty yards or more downfield in this second half of the season because he didn't have a shoulder so I think those are all factors to consider is it Curtis Samuel or Samuel Curtis it's definitely think? Curtis Samuel it's Ke- okay. it's Kevin Curtis. <laughs> What do you think are the odds that Joe Person is in witness protection program? <laughs> like don't. Joe Person is like, is an all time witness protection. I have man. draft takes to unload. You're just <laughs> wasting my time now. I've been waiting all day for this. He wouldn't marry great Joe Person. He what? He will. That's right. A will a William and Mary great, along oh, okay. with uh, Mike Tomlin, John McDermott. And McDermott, yeah, and a big Phillies fan. Mm-hmm. There you go. He uh, has okay. his, if, if if you check our, our my favorite player series right now, uh, he has a Philadelphia centric one up there. That's right. Mm, so does Greg Alman. Greg Alman actually grew up in the media. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I came out of nowhere during a little combine mm. conversation. Yeah. Ooh, GA dropping the media bomb. Born in the same hospital as me. Really? Yeah, Riddle Hospital. Wow. How about that? Same, okay. Same year. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know. We didn't get that far. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's let's talk draft wide receivers. Uh, let me start with this question. So what we all did was, you know, there are the sort of consensus top 10 wide receivers in the draft. We went through and ranked uh, them ourselves and then uh, compared those rankings. Tell me this first. What is the thing, uh, like the preconceived notion heading into the exercise that changed the most for you? What is the thing that surprised you the most? I'll start with you, Sheil. Do you have to? I mean, you're kind of coming out of left field with this weird question. Why do you hate KJ Hamler? (laughs) Well, first of all, I I don't hate KJ Hamler, number one. The the thing that really um, stood out to me, and it it made me kind of uh, respect or, or the the people who who do this for a living because it's 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 challenging to do a numeric ranking everything to me is is almost a it's situational okay uh what what pick are are you, are you discussing who else are you going to add well we are just the, the the exercise is that we are ranking them in terms of fits for the like if you yes. were picking for the eagles right like, yes just to uh, but i'm saying that. but like i i can see why why teams give grades as opposed to kind of ranking it a one to a hundred because it's it's so uh you know it's 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 easy to kind of delineate the tiers but when you get maybe your your seven eight nine might not be that much different from each other um so i i actually think tiers are better and then, then within those tiers you need to stack them well yeah and they're different types of players they're you know the, yeah. you know but go ahead show yeah, no, I, I would agree that it was hard. I thought it, it was more difficult than I was uh, anticipating. I was really laboring. You know, there were some that I felt good about. And then there was, uh, you know, probably three or four where I could have, depending on my mood or, you know, what I felt in that moment, I could have switched around. So uh, I definitely found it to be uh, to be challenging. I, I guess if, if I should to answer Bo's question, I would say, you know, one of my, uh, one thing that I felt after this is that, you know, I, I think there's maybe like two guy, maybe one or two guys who I feel like if you sit at 21 and are going to take a receiver, 
like they're worthy of that pick, you know, that they're going to be there and that they're worthy of that pick. So it, you know, it, it kind of goes back to our entire offseason conversation that this is not as easy as just uh, sit there with your pick, draft some wide receivers, go into 2020, and wow, you fixed your wide receiver problem and you've got a great offense. It's going to be a lot more challenging than that. I also think that, 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 that there's a lot of depth in this class, but, but there's no, I don't think any of these guys are Julio Jones, you know, or, or like this, this can't miss all pro wide receiver. I, I don't think you have that. Uh, I mean, I love, I love Judy. So uh, like, I think, I think he's that good. I mean, we all have him as number one, but, but Julio uh, is, I'm, I actually I'm think thinking. that like as a top three, Judy lamb rugs is, is pretty good compared to most years like it's better than Corey davis mike williams and those guys both went in the oh top absolutely 10. but it's it's not julio jones aj green yeah i think that's probably right yeah that's that's my point yeah i would agree with that so i, I think what's great about this class is is the depth is is that you can be in the second round and find someone appealing i don't think it's it's like but i'm not so sure about that because i wonder if uh, and, and this is not to disagree but like I, I think that you're right that there is this depth of guys who like numbers wise would go in the second round, but I don't I don't I wonder if uh those guys will be going at the back of the first round because that's where that's where the talent is. Like it's not crazy to me to think that maybe ten guys go in the first round. Oh I mean, ten I think would be it nuts. Ten? Yeah, ten is nuts. Maybe like seven guys go in the first round. Yeah, that's probably like yeah, yeah. I mean given the teams that need again, wide receiver health, uh so let me- I guess that's possible. I'll ask. I'll frame it this way then, since that uh, that did not uh, go so well. <laughs> they go over as you expected. <laughs> Tell me how you guys broke it down in your mind, tiers wise, and I'll go first. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, it is Judy Lamb rugs at the top. Those guys are a, a tier separate. And then for me, it was there's like a four player tier of Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, Brandon Ayuk, and KJ Hamler. And if the Eagles don't get one of those seven guys, I feel I will feel like they have failed. I will feel like what they have done in the draft is not good enough unless they get some kind of veteran supplement. And then after that, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chenault, Denzel Mims are the are the tier three for me. I mean, I, I don't. I, this is a weird way to do it because we all have different tiers. Like I right, think but... we. Let's just uh, let's get into the guys, and then we can talk about. Well, tell that. me, tell me, uh, tell my me your, tiers are totally yeah. different than yours. But I don't well, think we fine. need to exhaust a lot of time on Judy and Lamb because I, I think it's pretty obvious that unless the Eagles make a blockbuster trade, they're not getting either one of those. Guys. Well, except that Sheila apparently hates C.D. Lamb. No, I do not. <laughs> let, let, let's start. Yeah, let, let's say for, for the first three, Judy Lamb and Rugs. Do you see any of those? Uh, worthy enough to trade up for? And do you see any of those falling to a place where the Eagles could have a uh, a trade-up? Eagles could trade up for that. I mean, worthy of trading up for? Absolutely. Uh, I don't I don't anticipate that. Like, all the mock drafts right now have them going, like, you know, 12, 13, 15 or something like that. To me, it will be crazy if Judy and Lamb go outside the top 10. I think those guys are uh, outside the top ten. Top ten picks. Yes, I think those guys deserve to go in the top ten. Okay, so, so, so if Judy or Lamb falls outside, gets like if, if Judy it, is at thirteen and you can give up a second round pick to go up and get him, I would do it. Is that what the cost would be? I haven't. You, I think, I think you've done that, the probably. research on it. I think uh, yeah, <laughs> to go from twenty one to thirteen is is a rare. Although actually, 
So Daniel Jeremiah, who who all three of us respect, and who who Shield did that great profile on last year, he has a new mock draft out today, and he doesn't have any of them going in the top ten. Yeah, I, I agree. I know I, that's the that is the consensus opinion right now. Right now, yeah. I don't think that that's going to happen. Okay, I would not. That's uh, just an opinion of mine. I, I would need them to fall to like uh, sixteen, seventeen where you're really not going to be giving up a lot, almost like the... What was the Andre Dillard specific trade terms? Do you guys remember? I think it was it was a... Um, How much did they move up? I can look it up. I, they, I, I they moved up from 25 this is to interesting. 21. Last year... 25 to 21. Sorry. Uh, last year, Denver went from 20 to 10. Or sorry, okay. Pittsburgh went from 20 to 10, and they gave up a second-round pick and a future third-round pick. Okay, I would not. Uh, I would not do that for any of these guys. I would do that for Jerry Judy. Okay, I would also probably do it for CD Lamb. You, so you, Mister, never trade away any draft picks and draft. No, volume. no, 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 no. You're no, so, no, 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 no. This so is totally confident. different. Okay. This is totally How? different. No, then this... trading for a veteran who who uh, is not cost controlled for as long. And uh, is no, I'm talking about your overall. Player? Your overall thing is generally to not give away draft picks. This well, goes yeah, back... but gen- but generally they're giving them away for jabroni veterans. A second and a third round pick. So you would so you would come out of the first three rounds of this draft with one player, uh, one well, of those. Don't receivers. blame don't blame Darius Slay on me. No, <laughs> but you're you're going into it with the capital you have right now. Yes. I would I would not do that. Zach? Yes, I think that I think that Jerry Judy is that much better than these guys. I would not trade my 2020 second round pick, uh, but what I I would look at at sweet spots being pick number 14 and pick number 16. So um, if if uh, two have gone and there's one left at 14 when the Bucks are on the board and you're worried the Broncos would take one at 15, then I see what the price is to get up to 14, and I try to see if you can make a deal using future draft capital but not your second round pick this year as ammunition and then if uh if for some reason that uh, let's say the the Raiders don't take one with their first first rounder and um and and there's one on the board at 16 and you're afraid that the Raiders might take one at 19 that's when I I would try to trade up to that Falcons pick Were you guys not watching Jerry Judy and just like chuckling to yourself at how good he is I was. He is. Uh, I was so like for, laughing out yeah. loud. Yeah. So for those who don't, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much of our audience has been plugged in on these draft prospects. Probably. I mean, since you know, we just dove into them, uh, all of them here. I guess we should give some background. Jerry Judy uh, from Alabama, seventy-seven catches, over eleven hundred yards, ten touchdowns last season, and his elite trait is his route running. I mean, mm-hmm. it is just silly. Great separation consistently he's just like a, a very smooth mover where defensive backs he just has them leaning one way and then you know get, goes the other way and it's just you know in, in that LSU game I mean he had LSU defensive backs falling down with his route running and so that's not you know that's going up against very good competition a uh, physical player I wrote down he'll you know he'll kind of lower his shoulder uh, instead of going out out of bounds he can he can line up outside or in the slot he can really very not, fast I think I think yeah. I think people are underselling how fast he is. Yeah. So, uh, no, I I mean, we all had him as our favorite wide receiver. Having said that, I go back to the... uh 
my guidelines for uh, improving your draft process. And one of them is do not be overconfident in your uh, evaluations of these players because you're going to be wrong a lot of the time. And there have been other years where the top wide receiver, you you know, we could have been having the same conversation about how good he looked. And that guy never pans out. So in a year, in my opinion, where you have so many holes on the roster, where you already traded away a couple of draft picks, where it's said to be so deep at wide receiver, uh, unless I am moving up again, from like 21 to, uh, you know, 16, 17. And, you know, maybe you're giving up a day three pick. Maybe you're doing a pick swap where, yeah, I don't know what the terms would be, but I would not be giving up a second or a third round pick for even any of those guys as good as they are. And if you're going to make the case against Judy, uh, I think it's probably that he and Ruggs together, you know, they're playing in like such an, uh, a dynamic offense that is that is so much more talented than almost anybody they're going up against. They were playing with a really good quarterback, so like maybe you downgrade them a little bit for that. But I think that's mitigated because he played early, like as a true freshman. He was highly rated coming out of high school, so it's not like uh, he's a product of the system. He was extremely productive for two for you know his sophomore junior year. I think I wouldn't be super concerned about that. But that is a thing that I think you have to pay attention to. I I'm just gonna add here. All all three of us uh, had him number one, like Shield said. Uh, but it's it's not a consensus in in that Dane Brugler, who everyone who's an athletic subscriber can read his his beast, which is his draft guide. If you're not an athletic, easily the best value for your subscription. Yeah, it's dollar. it's worth subscribing just for that. But that came out today, and he has CD Lamb number one and Judy number two. And Shield has a number three, CD Lamb. I feel like I just wanted to throw a curveball into the group, honestly. I didn't feel uh, – I can't say that I uh, had that with conviction. So the next two guys, Ruggs and Lamb. So, Bo, would you make that same uh, deal for C.D. Lamb, the giving up a second and a third to move up to whatever that that Steelers deal I... you said was? And it was a future third, by the way, that, that deal. Yeah, it was a second and a future third. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, okay. I, I think I probably would. Okay. I mean, it's harder to do because of the picks they've already traded away, but I think I probably would. I mean, I think this team desperately needs a a number one receiver, and I don't think that you can be confident that the other players available are going to are going to answer that uh, are, are going to fill that hole. Well, speaking of uh, number one receivers, some have compared C.D. Lamb to DeAndre Hopkins with yeah, his uh, exactly. And with he, his I mean that, style that of fits. play. Like now, yeah, again, I, oh, sorry, I'll let you go. Give the full, give the full uh, C.D. Lamb picture. Go well, ahead. I was just going to say, I thought three things stood out to me with C.D. Lamb. One is the obvious one, and that's yards after catch. Like every time he touches the ball. You can like see his mentality is I'm going to score a touchdown. I mean, he's just like fun to watch where he's whether it's running people over, running away from people, stiff arming them, whatever. So that uh, obviously is very fun to watch. Uh, the other one, I thought he was good on uh, catches downfield, contested catches, um, you know, his body control those types of things. And then the third one is just his sort of competitiveness and his playing style is really fun. I mean, it goes back to the other traits, but really uh yeah, he just, you know, he's playing like he's going to, you know, rip your heart out basically every time he touches the ball. So certainly a, a very fun player. And it's like a, it's a scout speak thing, scout speak thing to say. But I, I do feel like uh, when the ball is in the air, he's like by far the best of all these guys. Like, uh, you know, if you, you got to put your life on someone catching a, catching a ball, it's probably C.D. Lamb. 
I would agree. Uh, any other any CD Lamb takes for you, Zach? Uh, no, I I like both of them. But if 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 you're going to point out Jerry Judy and the Alabama offense, um, right? Like That's I I actually true. hold I hold the Oklahoma offense more against Lamb in the sense that like everything's inflated in that offense every year because they're they're so good. Now, uh, Big Hollywood Brown in general, and he played with Baker yeah. Mayfield and Kyler Murray before Jalen Hurts. I actually look at, at in the, in the case of, of of Judy, like he was playing with Rugs, he was he was playing with Devonte Smith, he was playing with Jalen Waddle. Um, so there's it's it's hard to put up big numbers in that system when there's so many options, and that's probably why Rugs doesn't have the volume of, as as uh, some of the other guys on this list. Uh, I worry about in, that a little bit. But I, it, I mean, there's just so many guys to go to. In in Lamb's case, just an outstanding player. I agree with everything that that both you guys said. Um, but that I, I we sh- we should say that Oklahoma offense, everyone tends to look good in that system. That's absolutely but but they've true. also they've made good pros. I mean, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, you can go on down the list. Yeah. Well, Mark Andrews is no Hayden Hurst. Uh, before we get to rugs, I just I, I should say because I uh, I have talked about this in years past, but if we have new listeners, just to preface it, my uh, personal uh, predilections or my my biases when I'm looking at these wide receivers is for uh, is for underclassmen from Big Five schools. Like if you are a, a senior from a a Power Five school, I am already very uh, wary because I think there's a selection bias to. Uh, like the best players get out. There's a there's a bit of a meritocracy to it. If you are from a, a smaller school, you can be a senior. That can be fine. If you were extremely productive, then we then we can uh, dig further into it. And you have to you have to not test super poorly, and you have to have at least one year of like really high level production. That's what uh, what I'm looking for. And if you look at the like the thousand yard receivers in the NFL over the past five six years, uh, 44 of the 60 of them came from Big Five schools. And uh, 49 of the 60 of them went in the first three rounds. So uh, mm-hmm. the idea that you can just wait uh, and get a guy is, I think, probably a little bit mis- uh, misleading. And that doesn't mean that you're gonna you're guaranteed to get a guy in the first three rounds because, as as Sheila has pointed out, the hit rate is not very high. But uh, if they're if they have a chance to to hit that peak, they're probably going to go high. That's a good nugget, and I think that the uh, I know I saw a tweet floating around about sort of the seniors from big five schools who have been taken in the first round and it's not, it has not been a productive group. So, oh, I you know, that's that. not, but it's not good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the, not I'll, just I'll go look the, the list of guys who uh, were seniors at a big five school who were a thousand yard receiver over the past six years. It is uh, Mike Wallace, <laughs> DJ Shark, uh, Devonte Parker, but it took him a long time to get there. And uh, Marvin Jones, if you count mm. Notre Dame as a big oh, school, which you should. That's not terrible, actually, at all. I thought it was going to be Cal, worse though. than that. Marvin Jones. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Cal, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. And uh. that's uh, – oh, and Doug Baldwin. Yep. So five Wait, guys. Doug, okay, Doug Baldwin was undrafted. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying – I'm oh, saying 1,000-yard okay. receivers in okay. the NFL – who were seniors from Big Five schools? Oh, okay, gotcha. All right. Oh, oh, okay. All right. So these are the successful ones. Gotcha. Those are the. They're the. the that's it. Okay. Uh, good stat. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of some other stuff you might not know, Zach, if you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe 
Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities, basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. If you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com birds for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com birds for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Okay, uh, I guess the only other guy we haven't talked about from this top tier is uh, Henry Ruggs from Alabama. This is if you want, if you're just saying, you know what, I'm tired of the Eagles being slow. I want them to get the fastest guy. I know, that's right. Uh, <laughs> fastest guy possible. Then this is the guy you want. 4.2740-yard uh, dash. His uh, spark score, for those who are interested in that, the athleticism score, he was in the 99th percentile for wide receivers. Uh, I was slow, When I was watching him at first, I thought, eh, all right, you know, I don't know if I love him. But as I watched more, uh, I did really like him. Now, he's more of a projection, I would say, than Judy and CeeDee Lamb. Ruggs only had 40 catches last year, but that was for 746 yards. He averaged almost 19 yards per reception. Uh, the things I notice is that that speed really does uh, show up on film. He can beat press coverage. Uh, he's really good on everything near the sideline, you know. So obviously your go routes, but uh, the comebacks, you know, corners really have to respect his speed. So he kind of just, uh, you know, gets upfield, has them going backwards, and then he can come back, create a lot of separation on those uh, on those catches. He had some nice back shoulder catches that I saw. He can win on jump balls and contested catches. I don't think he's a, he's a one-trick pony where he's just, uh, you know, running downfield and that's all he could do. He could really adjust his body on some of those catches. I thought he reminded me of uh, Brandon Cooks is the guy I thought of mm. when, I, uh, when I watched him. So he's not the route runner that uh, Jerry Judy is. Uh, you know, doesn't have sort of that, um, I don't know if it's a, an alpha mentality or uh, yards after the catch type uh, skill set that CeeDee Lamb has. He's not as big as CeeDee Lamb, but certainly brings a lot, uh, a lot to the table. I, w- I would add uh, he scored a touchdown every 4.1 catches at, at, that, that he made at Alabama, and his average on touchdowns was 29.8 yards. So you're wow. talking about a big play threat. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it looks like the premier. I mean, they all really can Mm -hmm. make big plays. But yeah, if you're just saying who's the guy who's going to get downfield the most, uh, that would be him out of this group. I have a a working doc of all the the wide receivers in the draft. And his uh, 17.5 yards per catch is the the fourth highest of all the receivers in the draft after CeeDee Lamb at 19, T. Higgins at 18.1. And then uh, John Hightower at seventeen point six. Um, I mean, the speed plays for sure. He's super fast. I actually think, like uh, watching him, he has that Deshaun Jackson thing where, like, when he starts running, 
he's running it like he has these long strides and it looks like he's like he's just he's just messing with people like he's just like leaping and everybody else is in slow motion uh and like there's no doubt that he would single-handedly change the shape of the eagles offense and i think they need something like that um but i think it is i think you're right you like there is there is projection that he can be a great receiver but in terms of like a fit for the eagles it would be uh, as as snug a fit as there as as you could possibly have yeah, I wrote this exact same thing down as you. I wrote defenders look like they're stuck in mud when he hits his top gear. I mean, he's just like, you know, he's just like leaving them uh, in the dust. Some very, uh, and these are against uh, very good competition. So that's, I mean, any of those guys are home runs if they fall to 21. Uh, you know, Ruggs, probably the three. Would you say he's most likely to fall? I don't know, Jared, didn't Jeremiah uh, I, I, say he I thought Ruggs think, might go uh, first out of the three, right? Yeah, I mean, the speed always moves up the board. Yeah, it always does. That's why, like, the idea that you could wait until the second round to get KJ Hamler, I don't think is gonna like. I don't think that's possible. At least where the Eagles pick in the second round, uh, I think the speed always moves up. Just look at mm-hmm. John Ross. Yeah. Um, okay. So, All right. Should we get to yeah. the guys who they might actually have a chance at, yeah, at twenty one? Yes, we probably should. Well, that uh, was fun though, because you feel strongly that they should. Uh, that they should trade up for you know if, if one of those guys falls. So it, it, they were worthy uh, conversations. Yeah, that was good. Uh, okay, so uh, consensus-wise, we have uh, Justin Jefferson as number four, and that is the that is the uh, general consensus that he will be the fourth one off the board. But uh, I was the only one who actually ranked him fourth. You guys, uh, Zach ranked him fifth, Shield ranked him sixth. Uh, so I will, I guess, make the case for Justin Jefferson. I don't like I, I don't watch Justin Jefferson and uh, love him. I think I think it can be a little bit underwhelming, and maybe that's because like the LSU offense is so good that it makes everything look easy. But in terms of like checking all the boxes, he checks all the boxes. Uh, you know, he's he was extremely productive over fifteen hundred yards this year, uh, and also very productive last year as a true sophomore. Uh, he tested very well for his size, which is six one two oh two. He ran a four four three and tested. Uh, above the 75th percentile in both of the jumps. So that answers any athleticism questions. He is played on the inside and on the outside. Uh, he is like, he was a pretty good recruit coming in. And uh, like, I don't, I don't trust myself to only evaluate the guys based off like what I think when I watch them. I, I think like his track record is, is uh, so much better than the other guys that I, that I have to rank him fourth. I have to like, we will get to uh, someone else who I liked watching more, but I ha- I just I, I have to rank Jefferson fourth because he uh, he checks every box. Yeah, I I got to number four, and there was another player who I uh, really felt like I liked better than him in terms of an Eagles fit. Uh, you're right. I mean, I was trying to, so I I watched Justin Jefferson, and you know, I wrote down what I liked and what I didn't like. But then when you're looking at it, like he seems like as safe of a prospect, a wide receiver prospect as you could find from the projection to the athleticism to, I, I mean, I don't, the character seems like it's good, but uh, you know what I wrote, the, the big thing, well, I think one of the big things is that he was used exclusively as a slot receiver last season. Now in 2018, he played on the outside, but I think if you're an NFL team and you're looking at it and you're projecting him, if you feel like his best spot is as a slot receiver and you're the Eagles, then does that make a lot of sense? And specifically 
the type of slot receiver he is. Because I, I, fair. I watched and I thought that his best trait was he has the like, uh, you know, knows what he's doing, Gene, where he has a great mm-hmm. feel for finding holes in zone coverage, uh, you know, good route runner, knows how to get open, all these different types of things. Like if you put him, let's say, um, I don't know, with like a, a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady, and you're like, this guy's going to catch 70 balls as a rookie. He's going to work the intermediate part of the field in between the numbers, uh, you know, from 15 yards and in, then I think he could be just a absolute monster in that role. But I look at the Eagles and I say, they've got two tight ends who like, that's their job. That's their part of the field. And they're really good at it. And so uh, Jefferson tested well with speed. When I watched him, I never watched him thinking this guy is like a burner. Or an, or an outstanding athlete. I mean, you know, he's certainly made a lot of plays downfield. Uh, he's he's good on contested catches. I thought he had some really impressive sort of uh, body control catches and knows how to track the ball downfield. I mean, he had three touchdowns uh, of over 30 yards in that one playoff game against Oklahoma. So his production uh, is crazy. He can make catches in traffic. So he can do all those different types of things, but I didn't think he, he looked like, you know, a high ceiling athlete. I didn't think he was amazing with the ball in his hands. And if I'm looking at the other receivers, I kept trying to picture, hey, if this other receiver played in that LSU offense with Joe Burrow, you know, would they be being talked about like Justin Jefferson? And on the, on the same token, I said, well, if Justin Jefferson was on this other offense that I'm watching right now, would we even be talking about him as a first round pick? And I, I think that's a pretty uh, useful exercise. So in terms of past Eagles, I mean, I kind of had a little bit of fun with this, but I sort of thought he either looked like a, a much more athletic Jason Avant or a Nelson well, Aguilar. Or a Nelson Aguilar uh, who is able to track the ball better and has better hands. Yikes! I had a different eagle, and that's and that's Jordan Matthews. Uh, when you talk about okay. high level college production, uh, tested better than than maybe he I, I guess tested better than expected. Uh, real clean off the field. Um, you you know he can come in and and contribute, but you're wondering what the ceiling is. Um, so, and, and, and look, there were, there was nothing wrong with what Jordan Matthews did, uh, especially in, in those first three years. Um, if, if you're telling me, and I, I really like Justin Jefferson as, as, as the player, and I think he's a worthy pick at number 21. If you're telling me he's Keenan Allen, it's a slam dunk. If you're telling me he's, he's Jordan Matthews, I would say shoot, uh, I would say shoot higher. Mm-hmm. So it really depends, um, you know, is, is he the ceiling or is he the floor? I think if I was making the case against Jefferson, I would say that like the the case for Jefferson is like he would improve the the baseline competence of the mm-hmm. Eagles starting receivers more than anyone else. But the the downside is that like if he doesn't if he doesn't hit, he's not changing the shape of the offense in any way. Mm-hmm. Whereas if like, you know, KJ Hamler, for instance, isn't great. At least, at least he's making the defense respect the speed, like, and and maybe that opens things up for Zach Ertz more than it has been the past couple of years. Uh, just in terms of skill set, he's not like he's not changing what defenses have to do against the Eagles. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I would agree with that. Uh, if if Justin Jefferson were there at. Uh, at 21, well, this is kind of a tough exercise, but would you, you know, would you uh, call it in right away and say, uh, taking him, would you consider other options? Would you want to look to move back? I mean, I personally, 
I I think that probably most people disagree with this. I would not want to use the 21st pick on him. I would be okay. I, I think it's like as as just sort of down the middle as it goes. If you just yeah, sit at safe. 21 and take him, it's I think it's fine. I think it's a I think it's a good bet to make. Uh, and we've heard that you know Harry Roseman likes to say, "What's a is this a, is this a a good bet that we can make?" I think it's a I think it's a good bet. It's maybe a little bit like not uh, not sexy, a little bit uninspiring, but I think it's uh, I, I think you would have to be happy if you sit at twenty one and take him. Zach, yeah, I I, I think that's a, a very fair description. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't like grade it. A, you know, I would not grade it below like a C if they took him. I wouldn't grade it an A. So I would probably be in like that B minus C plus range. Where all right, you're My, not waste, wasting a pick. You're gonna get a guy who's gonna be productive. But I'm not like wow. You know, you're you're right. It's it's not the most, especially as wide receivers go. It would not be the most exciting pick. My eyes don't like him as much as as like uh, my head does, and I'm trying to. I'm just trying to side with my head. I would agree with that. Yeah, we're okay. we're, we're coming up against it on your wife's Zoom call. Are we? That's are we, okay. Are we still She's okay fine. Ah, uh, yeah. I've been I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting to get off these wider these terrible <laughs> wide receiver takes for a while now. So uh, let's let's keep going. Uh, okay, well, I actually, I actually have as a uh, woodpecker you rather. Uh, now that you brought it up, w- woodpecker you rather take Jefferson at twenty one or trade back to thirty and take KJ Hamler. Well, then we is it just Hamler to- or is it like any receiver? Is it? Well, I, I mean, it's like of that group. But I guess we'll hold. I guess hold on to that thought as we work our way down yeah. the list. Yeah. Uh, the, the next on the list uh, for us, consensus wise, is TCU's Jalen Rager. Uh, who I had as fifth, Zach had as seventh, and Shield had as his fourth. Shield, give us your uh, your sell on Jalen Rager. Yeah, this was this was the guy I was referring to earlier. If I was at twenty one for the Eagles and I had my pick between these two, uh, I would go with Jalen Rager over uh, over Justin Jefferson. So uh, TCU, five foot eleven, two hundred and six pounds. Uh, had three years of production. His sophomore year was his, his best year. Uh, last year, he had some bad uh, quarterback play, and he had 43 catches for 611 yards. He ran a 4.47, uh, had a 42-inch vertical. Uh, I really liked his his game watching him. I think he flies on tape. Like I was saying, Jefferson, I didn't watch him and think he was flying. Rager, I did feel like he, he did have that uh, speed. I thought he had the best uh, sort of make-you-miss ability of any player that we watched. I mean, Oh, that's he... interesting. I don't agree with that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, his, his testing does not back that up because he had terrible yeah. three-cone he... drill and 20-yard shuttle. But 97 when I watched him... and 98th percentile in the jumps and then 5th percentile in the three-cone. Yeah, I mean, I, I would if I was scouting him, I would want to know what happened there. But when I watched him, I thought every time he had the ball, he was doing something elusive and making the first. Uh, first oh, that's so interesting. I felt the opposite. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, I wrote that the testing numbers are puzzling, but uh, he, he can be used on jet sweeps, reverses, uh, can la- line up outside and give you, I could think, a vertical threat. He can also line up uh, in the slot. I thought he was a good route runner. He was a very dangerous uh Punt returner, returner. Uh, I see the upside with him. Like he made some spectacular uh, highlight level catches where he's high pointing the ball uh, in the end zone using that vertical leap, twisting his body, contested catches. Uh, I thought pretty strong uh, at the catch point against uh, defensive backs. 
He doesn't have the, uh, I didn't think he had the C.D. Lamb gene of like, you know, this guy just wants to kind of destroy you, you know, which I, I don't even know if I care about this, but, you know, he'll like run out of bounds. He has no interest in blocking, which from my perspective, I don't really care if the guy's a good receiver. But if, you and know, he could have uh, been mad about like he, he really had from, uh, you know, from from all uh, reports, like the worst quarterback play in the entire country. Yes, and there there were definitely plays where you would watch him, and he was uh, you could tell he was frustrated uh, frustrated about that. So you know you would certainly want to make sure you like him. He's Monte Monte Rager, right? Monte Rager's son. Um, But uh, I really liked Rager. He if they took him at twenty one, I would say uh, I really like this pick. I think he fits right away. I think he's going to be a high upside receiver for them. Uh, so I actually, uh, I disagree a little bit in, in terms of, in terms of what I saw. Uh, I like his play personality a little bit, but, um, I think that, I think that that testing is what I saw. Like, I think he is a, is a straight line athlete who did not show me much like make you miss ability, um, and a lot of wiggle. Like, I think he's a really good receiver. Uh, he wins, like he's short, but he wins big, uh, and he wins small, which, which you want to see. Um, but I did not see a guy who's going to like make a ton of people miss and like uh, totally change the shape of the offense. I think he's a, I think he's a better receiver than he is an athlete from from what I saw. Interesting. I, and I, I mean, I, I liked him. Yeah, I liked him, but I did not see like a guy who's gonna uh, who's gonna wiggle people. Now I had him fourth. Where did where did you guys have him? So him I had seventh. him. I I had him fifth. Okay. And and I like him too. I mean, I think he's he's a big play guy. You have to get over what happened last year, but like Bo said, uh, the the quarterback situation had a lot to do with it. And I think, frankly, the and offensive he had a big year in his too. sophomore year. So yeah. you know, at um, least that's in there. And if if you see him in person, uh, like like really strong, um, like rocked like fits, up for sure. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's one thing that stood out in talking to him at at the combine. Um, will help you on 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 special teams um and, and so yeah I, I think he's a I, I think he's a good player and i just think you need to get past the lack of production last year or, or or lack of production relatively speaking but i think it's easy to justify that too when you look at at the circumstances All very right. good who's That's next good. next up consensus we have uh, lavisca chenault who uh it's going to be zach's turn because zach has him fourth <laughs> Shield has him seventh. I have him ninth. Yeah, so I I, I really like Chenault, and and I'll 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 be honest. I I could be swayed by a game I watched in 2018 against Nebraska. Um, when like if 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 you watch Chenault that day, you're like put him in the NFL right now. Uh, I, I mean it it was he, he was that special. Uh, now I I don't think the Eagles are going to take him because of the injury concerns. Um, it, but if you were to say Bet on who's going to become a pro bowler on this list. Like who, in terms of upside, I think Chenault has has the upside. If if he can be healthy and he can develop as 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 a receiver, uh, he's really special with the ball in his hands. Like just just uh, once he gets the ball, it's hard to bring him down. Fifty eight point one percent of his receiving yards came after contact. Um, and uh, I he, but he, I how how could that possibly translate to the NFL? How? I mean, he's 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 just he's jacked up. Uh, he's 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 so is elusive. everyone in the NFL. He's elusive. Um, I think he's a special athlete, and 
the way he played two years ago was was outstanding, and then, and then there were injuries this this past year. Uh, but I I just think he's he's such a high ceiling player um, that he has number one wide receiver traits. Yeah. I actually, I lean more towards Zach on this. I, I had him seventh, but uh, that was mostly because of the injuries. I mean, he had a, a core muscle injury after the combine. He had foot and toe shoulder surgery following 2018. But in terms of uh, like watching these guys, I, I really liked watching him. I mean, I liked Debo Samuel a lot last year. He's probably the closest um, player on this list to Debo Samuel, six foot one. 227 pounds can line up outside or in the slot you know they would use him on like direct snaps and short yardage uh, jet sweeps all those different types of runs he, he just has a seemed like he had a very strong lower body where he was tough to bring down and you know he was just like running over defenders I mean he mm-hmm. plays with like a, a violent streak but I did I I agree with what Zach said I think he also is elusive like he's not a one trick just you know because uh, you're right Bo I mean if you're going up against bigger guys uh, at the NFL level or, or better athletes then maybe not all of that translates but I thought he had a good feel for when to run people over uh, when to kind of uh, use that elusiveness and he was really fun with the ball in his hands he's not a guy who's going to run uh, out of bounds and then a lot of his work did, you know, happen within 10, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. It was just kind of like get him the ball. But uh, on the plays where they did throw to him downfield, uh, I thought he did a good job. I, I thought he was, um, you know, fine as a route runner and was able to track uh, track passes downfield. So the the big issue to me is his uh, is his durability. Uh, I think it would be he would be he's got to go to the right offense I think but I, I think he is someone who if you went to the right offense next year you could be talking about him as like the the Debo Samuel of of next year if he stays healthy. So I mean, first of all, we're talking about like you know this this injury history is not just like uh, it's not just something to poo poo because he's a he's a player who invites contact right yes. so sure. uh, right. like that's something that you have to you have to take very seriously. Uh, he's also at, like he was not used as a receiver like that often, right? And I know that I know that you just said, Shield, that you know he he tracks the ball fine. But if you're looking for somebody to plug and play like on the outside, uh, he's not that guy. And like I I think I think players who you have to manufacture touches for, uh, it's it's very iffy, and I'm generally wary about that. And I don't I don't think that's what the Eagles need first of all. And I'm not so sure that his style of play is gonna is gonna work in the NFL. Like you know, the Debo Samuel comp is fine, but I didn't see as as special an athlete uh, as you guys saw. I was not super impressed. To me, he's like thick Tavon Austin. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, all right, thick thick. Uh, uh, it's thick like he's Tavon a hard Austin. pass for me. Okay. Uh, well, that's good. We have different takes. Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, I don't I don't look at him as someone you have to manufacture touches for. I think he can do those different things. But if you just brought him in and said, "Hey, you're going to be our uh, slot receiver in eleven personnel," and uh, you know that that's going to be your kind of number one role as a rookie, I think he could do really well in that. I thought he had good short area quickness, and then you can add the other things in. But yeah, so I would not. Uh, you guys can chime in on what you think. I, I think we know both, both things. I would not want to take him at twenty one. Really, I would be nervous about having him be the first wide receiver I take just I because of, just because of the injury history. But you know, if you if you want to take a swing, uh, I do like the player. 
I will say I, I probably like the, the second best name of the of these guys. <laughs> second best, huh? Oh, C.D. Lamb is a great name. I feel like. Okay, that's true. All right. You yeah. see, I I see Sammy Watkins with him, and um, <laughs> you do love Sammy Watkins. <laughs> straight down to the injuries, right? <laughs> uh, but but just uh, I I I, th- I just I think, think that's a, a fair. A I think count. that's a I think that's a fair comp. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Okay. okay. Who's next? Uh, next up, we have a we actually have a tie. Between T. Higgins and KJ Hamler, two players who uh, who could not be any more different. <laughs> uh, Higgins is uh, eighth on Sheila and my board and sixth on Zach's, and then mm-hmm. KJ Hamler is all over the place. He's fifth for Sheila, seventh for me, and tenth for Zach. Why don't we start with uh, Why don't we start with Mr. Higgins? Yeah, I'll I'll jump in here, um, and because we've used him as a punchline. In the JJ Ortega Whiteside, rich, yeah, rich man's our JJ, um, yeah. and I think there's there's some fatigue uh, from the Ortega Whiteside ex- experience and, and, and labeling Higgins as a jump ball specialist. But I I think he should be evaluated on his own accord. I I, I think he's 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 more than that. Eighteen point one yards per catch. Like this is a downfield player. This is not a guy who who was just winning jump ball situations in the end zone. Um, his his numbers, frankly, would be even greater if, if if Clemson wasn't winning by three scores in the second half of, of every game. Like, look at his snap percentage there. Um, well, but I, yeah, but not I his think, yards per catch. Like those would yeah, probably be yeah, worse. If no, but I'm saying, game. but the overall numbers. But eighteen point one yards per catch shows you that that he's he's making big plays. Um, he's, uh, I mean, the size six three and a half, two hundred eighteen pounds. The longest wingspan of anyone we're talking about here in the top ten, eighty-one inches. Um, so, so plays to that size. Uh, I think if if J if if JJ Arthega Whiteside was not in Philadelphia last year, then the conversation about Higgins would be different. Um, and he's he's like like to me, he he does a lot of what you want that prototypical X wide receiver to do. Uh, if you saw him in the national championship. He scored on a 36-yard reverse. Uh, he was he was breaking tackles downfield. He he got to the edge. He's he's not a burner, but he makes up for that in other ways. Um, so I think Higgins is kind of underrated a bit among. Um, I, I don't want to say Eagles fans because I, I I haven't gotten the consensus of Eagles fans, but I do think there's some fatigue about kind of the jump ball specialist because of what happened with Ortega Whiteside. Yeah, at first he was. I was ready to make him my favorite receiver because the first report that came out, uh, if you remember, was that he wasn't going to participate in the combine because he wanted to rest. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, that's that's my kind of guy right there. But then it came out that he did have like a hamstring uh, sort of thing, so he knew he wasn't going to perform well. So that's why he didn't participate. He did run at his pro day and ran a uh, four five four. Uh, I agree with a lot of what uh, Zach said. You know, I, I kind of started out thinking, all right, they, you know, why am I even watching this guy? He's, you know, this is not what the uh, Eagles need. But uh, he's definitely not JJ Ortega Whiteside. Uh, you know, I think he's definitely uh, a better athlete. I thought he was. Capable capable of making plays near the sideline uh, but I thought he was very good on like slants and crossers where he could just use sort of that uh, that size and that length to kind of box out uh, I shouldn't say box out then you're going to think Ortega Whiteside but it was tough for corners to kind of get around him on those uh, on those plays I thought you know he looked like a good route runner who knew how to uh, read coverages that catch radius certainly showed up 
in a big way on a lot of his uh, touchdowns. He, you know, with the right quarterback, he should be like a back shoulder, uh, you know, monster. He's going to be really tough on those types of plays. Uh, the one issue, I actually thought his speed looked fine to me. Like I didn't watch him and think I was watching uh, a slow wide receiver. What I, I did think at times was that he got pushed around. Uh, a mm-hmm. little bit like, um, you know, whether it was press coverage or he's trying to run a go route where wh- what's the scouting term? Maintain the red line. Is that what it is? You know, where you kind of want to stay on that. You don't want to get too close to the sideline so you can give your quarterback some room to throw towards the sideline. Like he was getting sort of shoved out of bounds uh, on some of the uh, some of the snaps that I watched. So I don't know if that's play strength or technique. We would ask to have to ask Coach Flynn, I guess, uh, about that. But that was um, a a little bit concerning. I thought that the um, the best case scenario for T. Higgins, uh, I like to take it back a little bit with uh, the player comps. How about uh, a version of Plaxico Burris? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, similar body types. That's kind of who I thought of when I was watching him was Plaxico Burris. Yeah, I don't. You can do much like worse. That. I uh, I think you would expect me to come in and kill T. Higgins. I I actually liked him way more than I was expecting to. I think he's I think he's uh you know a very good prospect. For, there's, I don't have much to add to what you guys said. Um, I think his hands are really impressive. Uh, he is a little bit, he's a little bit slight, I think, to to what Shield said. But I just think, I, I do think for the Eagles, it's not like because JJ Ortega Whiteside hasn't worked out so far. It's just this type of player is not the type of player that they need to add to the offense, uh, which is why I would have him a little bit further down. But uh, I, I think he, I think he is a uh, like. He's he's a better prospect than he is uh, a fit for the Eagles. I would agree. With, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, if he goes to another team, uh, I could see him being really successful. I I wrote the same thing. I don't. I said not not sure he's a great fit for the Eagles, but I kind of like him. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to Mr. Hamler then. Uh, Shield, of course, gave him the Penn State boost all the way up to number five. <laughs> Well, as you know, Bo, there's no less rah-rah Penn State uh, Well, alumnus. I know you say that, but like we agreed last year that we both liked Miles Sanders. We nailed that. Kind of, what are you yeah, talking we right. about? Well, yeah, know, we were I right. Know. Yeah. I know, so. but you know, now, now it keeps happening. I, I liked him a lot, too. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I, I did not think I was uh, – this is another one. I did not think I was going to like uh, K.J. Hamler, and there are a lot of question marks, which I'll let you guys uh, handle for the – most part, but uh, I really just liked watching him. I thought his speed showed up in a huge way. Like, I don't know what his, I would have to look at Dane Brugler's uh, draft guide. I don't know what like his 10 second split is, but I felt like from the time the ball was snapped, like he was just off that first 10 yards. He looked like as fast as anybody uh, on this list. I thought he could, uh, you know, run past defenders uh, on vertical routes. I thought he was a good route runner. You know, he had some plays where he was just shaking these defenders and create separation. So that's one element of his game. But then he was also, I thought, really good in like the quick game, you know, sort of the, um, I don't know if you want to call it the, uh, Julian Edelman, uh, Danny Amendola, Cole Beasley type plays, oh, you know. The white guy game. Yeah, the, well, I was going to let you say it. Uh, you know, th- third and four, uh, man coverage, him against like a, a nickel. I thought he was really, uh, really impressive in that respect too. I thought he, he was really consistently creating separation. Uh, so, you know, 
Uh, again, he's another guy I wrote down has the knows what he's doing trait. You know, and I really liked his uh, play personality. Like he's a, so he's small. He's five foot nine, one hundred and seventy eight pounds. But he was like getting after it. Like he played as hard as anybody on this list, even when the ball wasn't going his way. Uh, whether it was uh, you know running downfield, uh, blocking all those different types of things. Again, these are not on your short list of things you look for in a wide receiver. But, you know, do you want a guy who plays with great effort or not great effort? I thought he did uh, play with great effort. So uh, I'll let you guys address the big question marks, and then I'll, I'll come back one more time. So I don't think that I'm too far off uh, from you, actually. Uh, I mean, it is true that the first thing you notice is he is he is tiny. Um, like, he looks Relatively like a child. Speaking, though. Well, relatively speaking, he, <laughs> on the field, he looks like a child compared to most of the other players. Oh, but, I wouldn't uh, go that far. It looks like a child. Come on. Okay, a big child? <laughs> Whatever, like a, I mean, he looks, he looks like he's, he is easily the littlest guy on the field. Um, but I agree, the speed plays, and I, and I also agree, like, it jumps out that he is not, uh, he's not just like a, a track athlete he is uh like he's uh this is a very like scouty thing and i i'm making fun of myself as i say it but like i think that he is more football player than athlete um and i think i think he has more uh wiggle and juice than than rager does so i like him a lot um i he also has a bit of an injury history he had, he had a torn acl i think his freshman year mm-hmm. um but he is like for me. He is the last guy who I think would would make me excited uh, as an Eagles fan, and he would cha- like you know there are, there are questions about him as a as a receiver like you know getting off press coverage. His hands are a little bit inconsistent, but in terms of uh, fit with the Eagles, it's the opposite of T. Higgins. He is he is a better fit for the offense than he is a uh, as as a like down the middle wide receiver prospect. But I I believe in the juice. And uh, he is he is fun to watch. So I mean the speed. Last, oh, very quickly, uh, not not he does not hit the uh, production baseline okay, that I would yeah. look for. So that is exactly that is a fair okay. So nine hundred and forty yards last year. Come on, that's see. a good transition to yeah. That's a good transition to what I was I was I was going to say because he's he's tenth on my list and 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 that's not because of. Of of I, I think he'd be a good fit for the Eagles in in that he he gives them that vertical presence. But like I I said, it would need to be a package deal. Who's that other receiver? Is KJ Hamler ever the number one receiver on, on your team? I'm I'm not so sure. Actually, the the analysis that Bo had about Chanel I think can be more properly allocated to Hamler. Uh, that he's a guy you need to scheme up sometimes. Um, you know, you need to have 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 packages. Where does he fit for you in the NFL? Is he your number one guy on the outside? Uh, you said Chanel was a like a jacked up Tavon Austin. Well, here's a guy who's actually been compared to Tavon Austin, and and frankly, Tavon Austin had prolific production when he, he was at West Virginia. Hamler is the number one receiver for, for Penn State uh, last season and the end the year before. Really did not have prolific production. Uh, had had good production. But I mean, you're not talking about. He never had a thousand yard season. Um, uh, he was not uh, like like a, a first team All Big Ten guy. Uh, and I know they had Miles Sanders running the ball last season. Um, but uh, he doesn't strike me as a guy who's who's like a foundation piece for your offense. He strikes me more as a complimentary piece. Uh, and I I've read these reports that uh, a, a creative offensive mind. 
can can get something out of him. And I agree with that. And I think, frankly, Doug Peterson has been looking for this type of player. I thought last year at the JJR, I think a white side spot, I was saying at the time they should go with Paris Campbell because I, I think that's the type of player that they're looking for. Um, so I, I do think he can function well in the Eagles offense. But if you come out of, of, of the first two rounds with Hamler as your only two, as your only wide receiver, I need to know who else you are adding because to me, he's more of a complimentary piece. He's not like the building block piece that I would want as my top receiver taken this year. This is good. We, I feel like we disagree on a lot of these guys. So I, it's going to be. I don't disagree with what Zach said that that like he's not he he's not solving the position for you, but uh, I think he's different than Chenault and Austin in my mind in that like he doesn't need to be schemed touches for because he he can line up and run deep and like that changes the shape of the Eagles' offense in a way that they desperately need. Um, plus, it, it's not for nothing. The Eagles lost Nigel Bradham. There they need somebody else with Ham in his name. <laughs> Oh, so that okay. That's why you like him. That explains it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think you know, I dinged Justin Jefferson for if his best trade is as a slot receiver, but H- Hamler is a slot receiver. But I think he's totally different because I think he's giving you that uh, that vertical element from the slot that you uh, that you do not have. And uh, you know, the hands were an issue last year. I looked up 2018; he only had three drops. So you know, it's not uh, something he had in both those years. He had 904 yards and eight touchdowns last year. So you know, he wasn't. It wasn't like he was. Uh, uh, a bum. I mean, that's more production than uh, than Henry Ruggs had uh, had last year. And then obviously the but size. But he was the number one option. But he was the number one option. He wasn't the number yeah. three option. He also had worse, uh, much worse quarterback, quarterback. play. Yeah, I would true. say. Um, but I was looking it up says the, the Penn State homer. <laughs> I was looking up sort of the measurables and, you know, because it's always hard to know, all right, is this, are you really banking on the exception or are there more guys like this than you think? And so he's 5'9", 178. I forget what the window, I I think I put like 5'10", 185 and under. And you have guys like uh, T.Y. Hilton, John Brown, Deshaun Jackson, Danny Amendola. But I'll, I'll, the comp that I thought of as the best case scenario for him is a guy I covered in Seattle, and that would be Tyler Lockett. Okay, I, think I see John I, Brown. Well, well, yeah, you know, I, I would have to say I wonder about John because I think John Brown mostly lines up on the outside. He does in Buffalo, but I don't know if it's always been that way or not. But certainly, I think uh, I mean that that would be a good pick if you got John Brown. Oh, that'd be a good pick. That's or who Tyler I, that's, Lockett. That's that's what I see when I watch him. Okay. And now let me ask you guys this because this is one where you're really purely evaluating him based on what you saw. He did not perform at the Combine, and because of everything that's happened, there was uh, there was no pro day. So if he ran, let's say he ran a 4-3, like a 4-3 flat, 4-3-0, uh, and then let's say he ran a 4-4 flat, like would either one of those change your opinions? It's a good no. question. And, uh, oh, I, I if he ran a 4-4 healthy, that would change my opinion. That would be disappointing. I think he's faster than that. Uh, it would not change mine. I mean, that's not like slow yeah. four four. Yeah, yeah. But how could you say it wouldn't change your opinion? Like uh, you have to it take that cha- into account. Four three versus four four. I mean, I that's you a watch, huge difference. You watch him and you think whether he's fast or not. I don't know if, that. No, he, I don't. If, that's not if outside KJ the range. Hamler's, if KJ Hamler's running a four four, he's tenth for me. Oh, I disagree. 
Why? I just, I just don't think that's I, – I, I mean, be, because if that's what he actually runs, then it, that changes things because, you, of course, you, you have to take the testing into account. We, yeah, you we've do, already but t- it, discussed this. Yeah, I agree, but that's not as enough of a difference for me. For I mean, 4-4 four, four mm-hmm. is not – I mean, what like percentile is 4-4? Four, four? For a guy who's 5'9", 178, that is, that, is a, that is a pretty bad speed score. You're counting on elite speed. Ruggs uh, ran a four yeah, two seven. Like if he's if he's slower than Denzel Mims in a forty, that that hurts. We'll get to Denzel Mims. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, Shield mentioned the drops. The catch rate last year was sixty one point two percent, and he led FBS with twelve drops. But okay. like Shield said, that wasn't yeah. the issue the year before. Uh, before we get to, uh, the last two guys, let me, let me circle back to these questions that I asked before. Uh, first, would you, ra- would Pecker, you rather have Justin Jefferson at 21 or KJ Hamler at 30 after a trade down? And what are you getting? Well, you say you, say, say you pick down. up, you pick a third round pick. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take the trade down. I would take the trade down too, because I, I think then you can compliment Hamler with, with a, another receiver. And if, if you come out of it with... Hamler and Chase Claypool, um, you know, and you have two oh, different types of guys. Don't get me started on Chase Claypool. That guy <laughs> uh, is Garbanzo That's Bean's. next podcast. That's the next, that's podcast. next podcast. I don't even know yeah. these guys. That yeah. guy I was is just thinking of, of Jones all the way. I was just thinking of, of like, the opposite there. You know what I'm saying? Of, uh, you yeah, know, no, if, I get what you're If, yeah, if you're complimenting him player, with, yeah. with the big physical receiver, uh, then it's a it's a different conversation. Um, I think I might I might tilt towards Jefferson – just because I think I that's think probably they, the right answer. I think they need to. I think they just they they need to hit this pick, and I think that's the better bet. Uh, the other question was: Would you rather Woodpecker? You rather trade up and give up a future second round pick for Henry Ruggs? So let's say you're moving up, you know, four or five spots, or you're trading down and then also up in the second round to get some combination of Lavisca, Chenault, and T. Higgins. Both of them. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm trading I, I, up with a future pick to get rugs. Give me the scenario again. So you're 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 trading up to get rugs, giving up a future second. Future second. Or you are end you're you're drafting Chenault and Higgins. It's a combination trade down in the first and a trade up in the second. Trade down and so I'm not getting any additional picks but i'm getting but no i think i would rather i would rather have that then i get i get both those players and i keep my second round pick for the next year yeah. or i can take uh, yeah no i would rather have that i think i would probably rather have the two but uh not it it, it depends on the combination and rugs like rugs does change things for the offense entirely yeah i mean i think four two seven is just that's i mean that's near historic it's 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 hard to find that type of speed and if the price is a second round pick next season um i think there are, are different ways whether it's a trade back this year whether it's a combination you know whether you're trading players to accumulate picks i think you can make up for future draft volume um i i, I feel confident in in that uh so if you're trading next year's second in order to get henry ruggs um i'd be willing to do that just because he solves the, the the hardest thing to find for this team. Like they need speed in the worst way, and he is elite speed. 
I am firmly on team do not I'm not giving up second or third round picks to At acquire like any future. of these guys. Oh okay. No. Like I'm, not I'm, I'm 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 always on team trade back. Like I, I want to trade back, but I, I, I do think that that you need to identify the type of player that you would trade up for. And like to me, elite speed is something I would trade up for if I were the Eagles. By the way, Tyler Lockett ran a four four. Not okay. sl- that's, that's not slow. T.Y. Hilton and John Brown ran a four three four. They're right in the middle of those two. Yeah, a four three four is is a big difference from a four you said, four. You, you said four th- four. It's 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 one hundredth away more away from a four four than it is a four three. Yeah, but it, a four three four is a big difference. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you could how you could argue that. <laughs> and Tyler Lockett, by the way, had had fifteen hundred yards in his. Uh, senior year. So if he ran a four three four versus a four four, you would have a completely different opinion of you. You would have him if, tenth rather if, than where. If KJ Hamler run, ran a four four, that would be a real ding. I think. Okay, I disagree. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. What if he ran? What if he ran a a four nine? That's only half a second. No, obviously, if you're see now, you're just uh, using your your fuzzy math. There's a range, and there's a percentile you would look at. Four four does not go beyond. I mean, I don't know what the number would be. I would have to do more well, four, research. Four four is that. not a big deal. Four four is fast. It's not a big deal for for most receivers, but for a player of his size, whose whose game is predicated on speed, and he's playing in a in a conference that doesn't always have a ton of speed. If if uh, that is contextualizing it for you, that he's not quite as fast as it looks like. I think that's an, an important factor. Of course, you're gonna you're gonna take it into account. Yeah, but like, why does it where it? does it stop? Where does it stop if he runs a four four four? Then that, you're worried. That, like that's that's exactly what I just said. Is I would have to do the research on what you know where it would become concerning to me. A four four flat would not be concerning to me for him. And to there both are, your points, a okay, lock here was are a third the round pick. here are the uh, yeah, Lockett was a third round pick, and now Lockett is one of the few guys. Yeah, if, if he ran a four three, he he would have been a first or second round pick. Uh, the reason he's a third round pick is because well, he's a very good point. Four four. Yeah. And, and by the way, I would I would not take I would not take Hamler with the twenty first pick. I think there are too many question marks with him, with the injury, with the side, with him, size, with him playing the slot. You want to know the uh, thousand yard receivers who ran a four four or better? There's four four or lower. You mean? Or yeah. Sure. Emmanuel Sanders, Tyler Lockett, Demarius Thomas, Calvin Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, T.Y. Hilton, D.J. Chark, Julio Jones, John Brown, Brandon Cooks, Mike Wallace. That's in that's in uh, descending order of speed. So who ran better than to the fastest? Oh, okay. Wallace so what is this? Tell, what is this exercise telling me? Uh, I'm just. I have the spreadsheet open. That's just. Oh, okay. That's just me telling you. All right. Let's go, Mister Four Three. Okay. What I really love is Coach Flynn's going to crush you on this because he hates all the uh, measurables. So I look forward to that text thread uh, coming tomorrow. I like KJ Hamler. He's gonna <laughs> he would run faster than a four four. I think that's obvious. That's why I, I I say this because he wouldn't run a four four. And I like Hamler too. I just think you need to pair him. I I, I need to see what the receiving group is with him. Uh, last woodpecker, you rather. Woodpecker, you rather bet your life savings on the Eagles drafting a wide receiver with their first pick in this year's draft or the season starting on time? <laughs> mm. What do you think is more likely? I'm not betting my life savings on either one. So. Okay, well, what do you think <laughs> I, is more likely? 
Um, I think I would go season starting on. Yeah, time. I would go season starting on. Time. I don't know. I don't. I feel think good I'd go about receiver. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. All right. Uh, okay, maybe we got two guys go left. Phoenix. Yeah, they'll all go to Phoenix and just live there and play games there. Well, speaking of Arizona, <laughs> it's time to talk about Brandon Ayuk, who you guys both have as ninth, and I have as sixth. All right, make you the guys, case. you got no, you guys give the give the anti case first. No, what are you what are you talking about? You love him. You are an Ayuk lover. Let me see what his forty time was. That'll probably so. Let me it. tell you, I was prepared. Uh, I was. I have been anti Brandon Ayuk the entire draft process. Uh, he does not fit what I want. Uh, now there, he because he's a senior from uh, a Big Five school. Now there's an explanation for that, and that is that he uh, went to JUCO for two years yeah. and was extremely productive in those two years at JUCO, um, and then came in and made a, a, a mediocre impact that first year as a junior last year behind Enkeel Harry. And then had a good year this year, almost 1,200 receiving yards, and ran a, a relatively disappointing 4-5 40-yard dash, but uh, also tested very well in the jumps. So a 92nd percentile in the vertical and 88th percentile in the broad. Uh, so I have not been a Brandon Ayuk fan, um, but if I was if I was trusting my eyes alone, he's fourth for me. I loved watching Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he has more than anyone else after the top three. The uh, the speed of thought, like he to me understands the spacing of the people around him quicker than anybody else. He's got more wiggle, and what he does better, and, and like there's a the perception is that he's like a, he's a great yak guy, and I think that undersells it because it's not like. He catches the ball and then makes people miss. What he does to me that jumps out is like the transition from catch to the next movement is the quickest from him versus anybody else. There's like there there is no lag from catch the ball to let me figure out where I am. Everything is seamless. Uh, he makes plays in the middle of the field and down the field. Uh, he's running away from people. I uh, I loved watching Brandon Ayuk. He he would he would be my fourth favorite player if it weren't for the profile not being uh, exactly what I would like to see. I I, I I think he's a perfect fit for the offense. If I'm trusting my eyes, he's a year older than uh, the juniors, but he's not an old senior. He's a he's a straight down the line, 22 years old. Oh man, I'm so excited to revisit these takes to see how these vibes. <laughs> so excited to see how these wide receivers perform for the next uh, three years. Because, so, like yeah, I'm saying, all... uh, well, uh, I, I'm not naive enough to only trust my eyes. That's why he's. I understand, I put him as, but that's you why like I put him. him as six. But I really loved watching him. Well, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of smart people who's you know on Twitter and such whose opinions I trust with this type of thing are all with you. Uh, you know, thinking that this guy is a sleeper that he should be a legit pick at 21. Uh, I wrote down, I don't get it with Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> I, don't un- I don't understand uh, what the big sell is. I mean, if you want to talk about the proper way to use a 40-yard dash time. So I thought that all of his big plays looked, you know, it was like a slant or a dig. I agree with you. He was very fast to just transition, but he was just running away 
from defenders. He wasn't making anybody miss. I didn't see like a big physical element to his game. And he ran a 4-5. So guess what? Those slants and those crossers against NFL corners and safeties, he's not taking those 70, 80 yards to the house. And so I wonder, you know, last year we thought with... um J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I remember asking Joe Douglas, does the contested catch thing, you know, how do you know that translates? Like, how do you project that to the NFL? Well, I think there's a little element of that with yards after the catch with uh, Brandon Ayuk. Like, I didn't see these plays as him looking like, uh, you know, like a, a, a tremendous athlete or has some elite skill where he's making people miss. I looked at it and I said, all right, he caught a slant. The cornerback was on his back. He got away from him, and he didn't have to do anything else from there. So when he got to the end zone, that's not going to fly. That's not going to happen in the NFL. So I, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how it works. A lot of people really like Ayuk. You know, I think people think he could be an option for the Eagles uh, at 21. I thought he seemed like much more of a day two guy uh, who you would look at. I, I did not like him nearly. I had him as a clear number nine to me uh, on this list of 10. Yeah, I, I, I like the big plays. Um, you know, I, 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 I thought the run after the catch ability uh, was intriguing, but the way Shield framed it is interesting. Um, what both said about him being fun to watch, uh, yeah, there is validity to that. I, I actually thought Jaden Daniels, the quarterback, was fun to watch, the freshman quarterback. Mm. Um all right, but, uh, all right, know it all, Mister <laughs> Mister. Staying up, staying up late on a Saturday night watching Pac-12 football. Pac-12, he could be a pick. Pac-12, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They were staying up late. They've got that um, edge. Yeah, uh, I mean, not like exceptional height, but uh, you know, strong. Um, not exceptional forty time, um, but but I think you're. I think the testing thing you're underselling. He tested very well in the jumps. So like, yeah. he, he he is an elite athlete. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wish he competed at the Pro Bowl. Uh, there was an injury that popped up. Oh, I'm sorry, the Senior Bowl, because then Bo could... Yeah, he also just reportedly had um, surgery on a core muscle injury. So, like, that that, that was uh, something that needs to be taken into account. Um, so, so I was, I was going to say Bo would have been able to see him in, in practice and, and, and kind of have the up-close and, and, and personal look. Um, you know, doesn't have the, the track record of production. Really only has, has that, that, that one season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked what I saw. It's, it's just like, as I was saying, when we started this, this conversation, you, you get to a certain point in the list where it's hard to distinguish like, like seven, eight, nine to me, they're all, he's in that tier with Mims and, you know, some of these other guys, but, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a fine player and he's a decent pick. I would need to see what else is on the board though. I wrote on my, uh, so basically on The Athletic, uh, I think if you listen, you, you probably do subscribe, but we went a little more uh, in depth and showed you the uh, rankings and stuff. For my blurb for Ayuk, I wrote that like, if there's a blurb on here that I'm going to look really stupid for in two years, it, it's the Ayuk one because I basically wrote what I just said. And, uh, you know, like you said, Bo, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, confident enough to think that uh, I have the great read on this, but that is just my opinion after having watched him. All right, I think that's fair. I'm I am like uh I am more curious to see how his career turns out than anyone else just because there is for me the disparity between my eyes and uh and my head. Yeah, I would probably have uh Hamler's probably that guy for me because I yeah. I play I played in my flag uh on him uh potentially being good. So All right, I guess we got I one, one, one more. Flag. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. 
Well, so well quickly though, Shield. Like you, you don't trust Ayuk's yard after the catch, but you think it's fine with Chenault. Like to me, Ayuk's is he's he's getting open and then taking advantage of the space. Whereas Chenault, it's like yards after catch within like a ten yard radius, and then he's breaking tackles. Like that seems to me less uh, projectable than than Ayuk's skill set. I mean, literally, I, I don't know. I might have, maybe I watched the wrong games with Ayuk. The mm. yards after the catch I saw with him, where he caught the ball and ran straight to the end zone, and there was like no defender, in, you know, like he didn't have to do anything else. He had to run in a straight line for yeah. Uh, that 50, has 50 ha- yards. that happened several times. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. How to, like, like I would rather see, you know, uh, do, can you make a a you know. Uh, catch of four yards and then turn it into 11 because you had this great move where you just like threw this defender to the ground or something. Uh, I think I would prefer that type of, I don't know, that okay. tells me more, I feel like. If his, if his, if what he did translates to the NFL, then yeah, he's going to be awesome. I mean, we see guys take slants uh, 60, 70 yards, but uh, I don't know. I was a little more skeptical than you. Okay. Uh, all right, last up we have Denzel Mims, who uh, Sheila and I both have 10th and Zach has 8th. Uh, and as I wrote on our blurbs, uh, at the Senior Bowl, I loved Denzel Mims. I thought he was the oh. best wide receiver there by a long shot. And uh, he was like a guy that I was, you know, uh, targeting on uh, you know, just my list of guys who the Eagles could get in the second or third round as maybe their like, second receiver drafted. But like the the helium that Mims has had since then uh, is crazy. He's being talked about as a, as a potential t- uh, option at 21 overall. Now he tested outstanding at the combine, ran a four, three, eight at six, three, two Oh seven. So that's a, that's a, a really impressive time for someone his size. He also was 84th percentile in the vertical and 94th percentile in the broad. Uh, he had a big senior season. He also, he also topped a thousand yards his sophomore year, but he is a senior from a big 12 school. Um, for me, like I like Denzel Mims, but he is super raw, the rawest of all these guys. And he's also the oldest of all these guys. So, uh, that is a, 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 a tough sell for a combination. Uh, he's got great physical tools. I don't, he fights the ball a little bit from what I can see. Like, uh, he's not a natural pass catcher. He's in, in terms of the big guys. I think he's got more juice than T Higgins. He can, uh, make guys miss a little bit more, but I did not see a guy who like I'm ready to say uh, is a is a first round pick or a guy who can line up and play tomorrow. Uh, and he's a little bit more more advanced age wise than the other guys. Like maybe he's maybe you, I I would believe that he has a higher ceiling than a lot of the players that we've had talked about so far. But uh, to me, it's like I feel like I feel like things have just gotten out of control in terms of the way that he's being talked about. Yeah, yeah, you're probably I, right. Yeah, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, Zach. You go. No, no, okay, you go. So, go. Uh, so you're you're probably right, and and I'm probably guilty of that too. Because if if we had this conversation January, what it's it's April seventh right now. If we had this conversation January seventh, um, it's probably different. And and as 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 we said, I had him eighth. I could move him down to ninth. Um, like it's <laughs> it's not. I mean, to me, he's he's you in that super tier. strongly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he uh, he. Uh, like what jumped out to me when I was putting it all together was the combination of size, speed. You you mentioned the athletic testing. He ran what a four three eight. Um, that that catches your eye at that size. Uh, and then and then college production. Uh, that being said, with the college production, he was nowhere to be found. 
in the Big 12 championship game. He was held catchless that game. Um, and, oh, that's uh, a good Zebram nugget. Yeah, I yeah, like so, that. So, so that's why I, I said it. If, if we had this conversation just like after the season where, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not watching this stuff on my computer. I'm, I'm, I'm just simply going based on what I see when I'm watching college football. Uh, he, he, he was nowhere to be found in that game. Did play decently against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl um, when he had the – I think it was the Sugar Bowl. Uh, he caught a touchdown that game, had a big catch. Um, and now it's it, it's a different type of offense. Even though Matt Rule got hired by the NFL, it was, it was very much like a spread offense. So you need to kind of project it a bit. Um, but uh, just he, he, he just checks those boxes you're looking for. In terms of size, um, the Eagles can, uh, you know, size, speed, if the athletic testing translates to the field. And then, like Bo said, productive as a sophomore, productive as a senior. Yeah, I feel and like he was a former team, track athlete, too. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel similar to what uh, you guys said. I mean, I feel like if a team just watched three games of film on him and didn't know what his production was, what his measurables were, I don't like think there's any chance you would think about taking this guy in the first round. I mean, I, I didn't get it at all uh, watching him. I mean, if you if you want to say, all right, this guy has unbelievable physical tools, which yes, it's that blend of size and speed. Six foot three, two oh seven. Bo mentioned the the four three eight speed, and it's he not, doesn't you know, play. He doesn't play to a four three eight. He does not play to that speed at all. I did not watch him and think I was watching a fast receiver uh, at all. And exp- I didn't think I was watching an explosive athlete or a burner. He's a big outside wide receiver. Uh, I would be very concerned about his ability to separate versus NFL corners. I did not see him consistently separating uh, at the college level. He certainly can use his size and his big catch radius. Uh, I think once he gets ahead of steam, he can be tough to bring down. But whenever I I have questions about a guy's uh, separation ability in college, that certainly makes me nervous. Uh, You know, like you mentioned, Bo, I I think he's raw. I don't think he's somebody who's going to come in and contribute right away. As a rookie, uh, I would not even be thinking about him in the first round. I don't know that I would want him in the second round. Uh, I would look kind of like, I mean, we're going to watch the next um, group of wide receivers here for a podcast and a piece on The Athletic next week. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw receivers in that group that I, uh, I liked more than him. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Hmm. Do we have to split this pod? Should we split right. this up into two episodes? It's that was a marathon. Episode. That was yeah. a football heavy. That was a spirited discussion, though. That was good. That's good. People are going to need to need to dig on in. <laughs> okay. You're gonna. Do you think? Do you think that your wife's Zoom uh, happy hour is? They're talking about these guys too. Like where? Do, where does? Where does Jessica have? Uh, have Justin Jefferson? You think? We had a uh, we had our like um, I don't know what you want to call it moment where it's like nothing serious is going on family wise but you've been together a long time uh, this will be the last thing sorry Kent uh, last <laughs> la- last uh, I think it was over the weekend we were gonna order some uh, order some pizza and uh, you know I was like. I'll order online. And she said something. She had to call for some reason. I, I don't know. I think they were get, we were getting like uh, these pizza kits for the kids where, you know, they make their own pie or something. So she's like, okay, I, have to, I have to call to order those. But eh, as you could guess from my personality, I don't really like being the one calling in those situations. So she's like, all right, I'll call. And I see her, you know, pick up the phone and dial. And then she hangs up. She's like, 
well, it's busy. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't move mountains. And I was, and I just did, it was one of those where I had to turn around and like laugh a little bit. And then she laughed about it uh, later. But yeah, we, that you can't move mountains for a pizza delivery. Yeah, we, we, we really had sort of reached our breaking point as family at that <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Zach, so. did you want to fire off your anti, anti uh, Zoom take? <laughs> no, it's it's not necessarily an anti-Zoom take, but I, I, I think the irony of the social distancing is – and yeah, I, I think I think irony is appropriate. Uh-oh. Or so. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Okay. Like for some back. reason being sequestered uh, at home or quarantined at home, how, however you want to phrase it, uh, has made people yearn – for uh, communication with with those who who like in a different situation they wouldn't normally communicate with. So the example is is this uh, this concept of of like Zoom happy hours and uh, because my wife did bring up to me like do you want to do a Zoom happy hour with so and so? I'm like we don't do a regular happy hour with so and so. Why are we doing a Zoom one? With that? You know? um, so uh, yeah, so I I, I do think that. That uh, it's it's kind of become all the, all the rage and and you're you, you know I'm not sure if you, if you guys have had, have had people that have been in touch who maybe you typically wouldn't be in touch with and and the sentiment is very nice and it's appreciated. Yeah, Manuel Acha reached out out of nowhere. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> no, I'm just. Oh. No, I, I thought that could be true. I didn't know you're 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 yeah. shit. You're the most random past, person I, I could think know. of. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um. So, but, uh, be a, but yeah, I've, we're gonna be a I've Zoom happy hour with me, Acho. Uh, Bradley Fletcher and uh, Clay Harbor. He was on. Okay. Um, what was he on? The Bachelor or the, the Bachelor? Yeah, yeah. All okay. right. Ken's just gonna pull the cord <laughs> yeah, here. Ken's now. Gonna, <laughs> gonna gonna. Well, the the least we can do is uh, recommend the uh, the story, the the wonderful story Kent wrote on uh, on Rookie of the Year. He caught up yes. with Daniel Stern and Thomas Ian Nicholas. Yeah, uh, you I can mean, check. You, I think you, you, you can follow Kent on Twitter, but you can also check my timeline. I think I tweeted it out. So. Good stuff. Yeah, would have been great to promote that before an hour uh, forty minutes in, but uh, <laughs> I, I guess it's the thought that counts. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really just for for Kent tonight, not for <laughs> not for him to listen back to. Uh, all right, well uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Uh, I think we'll be back at some point later this week, and then we'll continue the conversation on receivers next week. We're uh, we're closing in two weeks uh, two weeks and change away from. Uh, the NFL draft. So, uh, of course, we'll we'll have you covered on Birds with Friends. For Sheil and Zach, I'm Bo, and as always, we love you. Birds with friends.